Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 OTP backers will get instant access to every episode of Cinema Swill, our exclusive monthly bonus show where Kevin and I review some famously terrible movies, including The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen featuring Sean Connery. To join or simply to find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get swirling. Swirl! That's it. Stop now. No more fun. It's episode number 71, coming to you from the exam hall of Hollywood, California, scrutinizing the papers that we've been given in advance by the big Hollywood executives who've got nothing better to do than make big old movies. Hey, once again, it's me, the exam regulator, Kevin Mann, joined as I am always in this traipse through Tinseltown by my better half, the ever-studious Sam Chaplin. Hello. Oh, fucking hell. I haven't revised. This is oh. a night. No. Oh. I spent too much time at the Leavers Do <laughs> dancing <laughs> that I forgot I had my last exam still to come. They shouldn't have scheduled them so close together. Yeah, and while we were watching League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you said to me, will this be on the test? And I turned <laughs> to you and I said, what do you think? He's 90. Yeah, so here uh, we are, Sean Connery Special Edition, which has been, much like many slightly unpalatable things, been buttressed with the nice background umami flavours of Nicolas Cage, because today we're looking at The Rock, which came in close by a scooch. A very close scooch indeed on a previous vote. I think so. Was it in the Nicolas Cage vote? The Rock, I think? So, for me, 2020 seemed mm. to be like this blur of you and I where we became a Nicolas Cage podcast <laughs> and then the pandemic happened to teach us a lesson Connery came close in the Bond vote as well and yes. people were a bit yes. upset that he didn't scooch the vote because Sean Connery more like Sean Bondery that's what people mm. really think of when they think of the Scotsman might I say this is because Sean Connery passed away recently and we thought we'd take the opportunity to look at some of his work and The Rock seeing as it missed out so narrowly seemed like a great fit we have touched on Connery before over on Cinema Swill. Mm. We watched The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Connery's last live action performance. And also the only movie on Cinema Swill that I've since re-watched since recording, so... You know what, I'm not going to bury the lead and say how we felt about it, but it's an interesting listen, I'll tell you that. I'll probably have a lot more nicer things to usually say about Sean Connery in that than I thought I would generally. I mean, mm. it works out well for me, Sam, because after doing Alfred Hitchcock and now doing The Rock here today, if we do another day problematic celebrity from Hollywood, <laughs> I get a free sandwich next episode. So, you know, that's pretty good. Yes, there are some issues with old Sean Connery that... Um, I don't know how much to touch on. A difficult fella said some bad things. I Probably think did, did some, some bad things. things. <laughs> um, and then said he didn't do those bad things. But, I mean, mm. look, he's like old Hitch last go-around, wasn't it? I'm sure Alfred Hitchcock likes to be called Hitch. You know, <laughs> uh, the inspiration for the Will Smith movie Hitch. Alfred Hitchcock, who was nothing if not a ladies' man. Mm. But they're indisputable titans of Hollywood whose yes. works stand up like giant mountains far in the distance and will seemingly always be there and 
We're not in any way going to try and take away from the man's performances and all that. Because I was thinking like, oh, he's passed away. So it's going to be like a moment of grief and grieving and all that. And I read a lot of really shitty newspapers just to kind of see what, what, the, <laughs> sure. what the, the, the lay of the land is. And like, I don't want to say people were queuing up to have a go at him once he passed away. But there was a lot more of that than our hero, Sean Connery, than I thought there would be. Even I was surprised by that. I've been conspicuously absent from Twitter recently and i think that might have been one of those days where it would have been interesting to be on twitter and see what the response was a controversial polarizing figure still a big presence in hollywood a man with an outstanding career a noted figure right a big deal big hollywood deal they don't give an oscar to just about anyone sam all right you know that's big deal if he's got oscar goals he's worth doing an episode of cinema swirl i guess but before we get into talking about the most electrifying man in sports entertainment why don't we delve into the most electrifying bag in podcasting (laughs) the mailbag Ah, jeez, ah, fucking fuck. ah! God damn it. Welcome to the mailbag. Oh, I tell you what I don't miss about going outside, Sam. Mm. I sure as hell don't miss static electricity. Oh, I don't know what yeah. yeah. You've been around me. I'm a fuzzy guy. If we went to Toys R Us, <laughs> it's pretty much turning into National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation DVD box art. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, Toys R Us managed to get out of the way long before all of this. I mean, still sad. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. You're just reminding everyone, including me, <laughs> The Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore, is that it? That won't be coming back post-pandemic. Fuck's sake. Literally no use beating a dead giraffe here, Sam, so... Oh, poor lad. Well, welcome to the mailbag. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us here. If you've got any questions, queries, comments, stories, bits, or indeed bobs, send them on over to cinemaswell at gmail. Cinemaswirl at gmail.com, a.k.a. or Big Velcro Bag. Mm -hmm. Our first question here comes in from Jacob L., who writes... Wait, Jacob L. is in Jacob's ladder? (laughs) Oh, how are you now, huh? How are you now? I thought Spooky Swirl was last month, so I did. (laughs) My name is my name is Jacob Ladder, not not, J- not Jacobs. No, Jacob Ladder. Yeah, I don't own a ladder. That's not my ladder. But I am called <laughs> Jacob Ladder. Jacob L, just check to make sure your ladder's okay because if you've seen that movie, they do all sorts of crazy things with that ladder. Jacob, right? Hey, fellas. I was wondering in an alternate universe where Ooh. Sam has seen most movies, mm. but you two still wanted to do a podcast together. What sort of podcast would you do? Ah. I don't want this to turn into an actual ideas meeting necessarily (laughs) No, 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 no Those don't tend to be fun We don't like to record those Uh, (laughs) I mean, Mm. I have this feeling, Sam That because you and I in this alternate world I don't know if you watching movies is going to stop you doing stand-up comedy And stop you and I meeting in the same Mm. circumstances Like, how alternative are we talking here? Like, if Sam sees some movies Am I not allowed to emigrate? Like, like, how far back is this butterfly effect going? Well, you're talking about him going to see Star Wars, and that's like, you know, taking the other path now, isn't he? I suppose, he? like, you know, I don't want this to get too philosophical and wild, but probably if I'd have seen Star Wars, my life might have been different enough that we may never have met. Isn't that strange? Yeah, it could have set my life on a different path entirely just by having seen Star Wars. If anything, we've established in this podcast mm. that whatever the timeline we are experiencing now, yeah. vis-a-vis the 
protagonist of his life, Sam Chaplin, yeah. he is definitely taking option B, the road less traveled. <laughs> if Sam's life was a telltale game, it'll be like 7% of you opted to not watch Star Wars and do a podcast about it 20 years later instead. I like the idea that in this alternate universe, and I think Jacob's question really is like, hey guys, what other fun things would you like to podcast about? But no, 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 I'm going to go nice in a different try. direction. Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> Because in an alternate universe where I've watched most films, and my film viewing like habits are pretty normal, or even kind of buff-like, I think I would therefore, in that alternate universe, have to have missed out on something else. It could be like, oh, I've never eaten any foods. Like, I've... I've <laughs> <laughs> like, I've just- like, all I've had is, like, bread and butter my entire life. Or you've, you've never played high-end skating simulation games. Yeah, only, yeah, yeah. only arcade pedestrian offerings. But a show where you're like, okay, Sam, this is broccoli. And what, <laughs> what do you think that's like? You're like, oh, is it like a mini tree or something? What's going on here? What is that that you're showing to me? And then you... So, Sam, I also had a question. Was, Can we have a new version of Cinema Swirl that comes across as somewhat even more condescending? And I think you've... Uh, You've managed to hit the nail on the head there. Let's go do a food. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go eat dinner. Now, I kind of think that we would have inevitably podcasted together. You and I are destined to do this. Yeah, I kind of feel like this was going to happen no matter what. Yeah. But I feel we maybe would have been drawn into more of the nebulous cloud of, let's just do a comedy podcast. Yeah. We used to be big fans of like Peacock and Gamble. Mm -hmm. When you were in university, you did kind of a sketch show on college radio. Radio. Yeah. When I was in university, I did a sketch college show and radio, and those are fun. I think both of us had maybe outgrown that a little bit by the time we met. But mm. if you'd see movies, maybe that would have been the logical thing. Two yeah. comedian guys writing goofs. Well, I suppose we could have we could have still been chatting about movie, but it could yeah. have just been one of those podcasts where it's like two blokes who know about movies talking about oh. movies. Nothing inherently oh. wrong with that. Oh, Sam, <laughs> this podcast with one person who barely knows anything about movies is hard enough. <laughs> Two people who know about movies. Jesus. Oh, God. Yeah. Why do you think Mayo feigns ignorance so often? Now and then it'll be like, remember Transformers? He'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have strayed into that world of just... We could have been looking at the news, Kevin. We could have been taking a sideways look at the news. Imagine that. I would have preferred a light-hearted glance at the news personally <laughs> to a sideways look. But, I mean, I don't know if we would have went down... Like, is this... Because Cinema Swirl came after I started podcasting mm-hmm. about wrestling. Yeah. And I kind of felt like half the reason Cinema Swirl came into existence, uh, in terms of why we decided to do movies and not do, like, other wrestling stuff, is yeah. just to kind of have something fucking different and you didn't rewatch really wrestling back then so no. i don't know it probably would have been, if it was going to be reviewing anything it would have probably been lost or garden oh, force yeah yeah and look both of those i'm still putting them in like the future pile i think yeah yeah, you yeah know? that's fine the there's dossier. enough lost podcasts but i still want to do one <laughs> like i still um, want to talk you know what it. you can have your own special lost dossier or lossier if you want mm. uh, lossier because he's worth it yeah so yeah there, there's your answer to your question it is a fun one yeah you know, this is obviously an alternate timeline and you know i'm not going to go out and say hey what would you think would happen in an alternate timeline because I'm aware of stealthy tactics to gather data from an audience, and I'm not going to partake in that. So, okay. so don't even listen to me. Hey, Kevin, h- how many lost podcasts are there? Oh, I don't know. Like four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42. There's loads of them. Hang on, hang on now, hang on. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, Jesus, they're the numbers now, aren't they? Yes, 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 good. And it's that kind of banter. That's the kind of thing you were missing there now, fuck's sake. That's a little sneak peek. That's a sizzle reel for the (laughs) podcast execs at Spotify. There you go, guys. That's a proof of concept. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It undeniably works, okay? Our next question comes in from Edward, who writes, You've been entered into a cooking competition where the theme is films you've covered as swirls and swills. What Mm. meals would you whip up for Gordon Ramsay? Brackets from Edward. Who is the judge? Brackets, again from Edward, plug for It's Raw. So you podcast about Ramsay. I do. I I like as well that he's he's written an email in the format of a quick no I would leave myself... (laughs) You know, don't forget to do your job. You know that I do podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're part of the Pod Crabs family, folks. If you want to hear some extra random goofs, we have a channel for that. Pod Crabs, where other good podcasts are available. Chief among switches, it's raw. Where I take a look back at kitchen nightmares from mm. Gordon Ramsay with Adam and Joe, and I have a, a wild old time doing it as well. So I'm very familiar with Ramsay, as I'm sure as a red-blooded Englishman or blue-blooded. I'm not sure. Uh, you white-blooded. Uh, yeah. I've got blood. I've got, got blood. blood. Yeah, He's yeah. got blood. Yeah. But you're, you're familiar with Ramsey as well. Oh, I know Ramsey. Yeah. Where's the lamb sauce? Classic I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. We don't know. We'll never we know. know. <laughs> it's one of the great mysteries of our time. I do like food. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. It's, it's really, in, and in 2020, it's really come into its own as being like one of the only good things left. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really enjoying food an awful lot. And this has made me think a lot today. Thumbing through the back catalogue, the main one that came across me is something that was just genuinely like, A, Look delicious. B, I could probably eat right now. Yeah. And C, methodology that I could just sing about, and I'm sure Ramsey would as well. I bet that meat sauce from the prison scene in Goodfellas when they're doing mm-hmm. the garlic with the very thin strips with the razor blades. Failing that, and I know, I mean, I can make a mean bologna. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. Failing that, he did say swill or swirl, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. So I would enter in the green spread from Troll Two, which uh, uh, yes. we, we've had a look at before. Mm-hmm. And and I would basically, if Ramsey had anything bad to say about it, I would accuse him of racism and uh, leave him high and dry. Yeah, you've thought this through. Hey, here's the thing, right? Ramsey's called people fucking French pricks, Scottish <laughs> bastards. Is he really? Little Welsh willies and all that. <laughs> and if I was to turn around to him and be, actually, Mr. Ramsey, it's you who's got a problem and I'm going to call you racist now for not liking my uh-huh. lovely green f- my, my lovely green food. And I'll give him the <laughs> eyes as well, won't I? I'll give him them crazy eyes. I too went for Goodfellas and God, just any, like, that Italian, that red sauce. You can put sausages in pasta? <laughs> What? Does that Scorsese sauce, that Scorsese, that... <laughs> that <laughs> a red, a colour, a tone of red that you don't seem to see anywhere else other than, like, authentically Italian tomato sauce. Like, it comes out on film. So, something about the way it's filmed, it just, it's so beautiful. And like an Italian grandmother as well, who would mm. make a beautiful sauce, when Martin Scorsese would ever get recognition, like, when they finally gave him an Oscar, he'd be like, no, 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 no. You just, and he just serve up more movies for him to enjoy. <laughs> he didn't care about the show being put on. He just yeah. wanted it to be done well. He just likes making movies, you know. He doesn't <laughs> want any credit for it. He just enjoys, you know, sharing the movies with people. But more realistically, in terms of things that I would actually cook and how my experience cooking for Gordon Ramsay would go, mm. I think the sausages from Snatch, where they're just <laughs> permanently cooking and they're never really done and they... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just there with my little pan, just doing these sausages for days. And God, where where are they? I can't do a Ramsay, but you know, where are the sausages? They're coming, Governor. I'm trying my best to cook them, and they're just not cooking. But they're just they last forever. And he'd be walking around the big warehouse as well, going, "Wow, unbelievable!" You know, see, so finding all the dirt and like the dog fighting ring and stuff like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. And he'd look around and he'd see that I'd put one of my socks over the smoke alarm because I knew that if I was if I was cooking sausages, it was gonna go off. And look, I know it's a risk. I know it's dangerous, but you have to. You have to when you're doing sausages. It always happens, and it's, it's a, a risk nightmare. Ev- every single time, it's a yeah. risk. Oh, Sam, take the batteries out. It's not one of those ones. It's re- <laughs> it was it was rented accommodation. Okay, I couldn't. They wouldn't let you. <laughs> 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 that's my answer to that question thank you very much edward one last thing here now this is not strictly a question but appreciated nonetheless is it a bit slash bob it's a bit it's a bob comes okay. in from james who sent a screenshot actually oh. but I, I, I don't think that's required i know we're in an audio medium that will be difficult yeah to kind of communicate it was from i believe uber eats slash deliveroo slash all the other ones. Yeah, yeah. He said, did you know that you can now have Tiffin delivered directly to your door? What a time to be alive if you're a Protestant. 2020 isn't all that bad, I guess. And just showed a, an image that from Pret, you can just get some Tiffin delivered now. And I think other places Pr- are doing their... They've got their Christmas Tiffin out, and you can just get tiffin it. Tiffin from Pret. Yeah. Jesus fucking well, Christ. I know. The most I know. Protestant thing I've ever heard in my... That's like a fucking big jumbo, massive bottle of ketchup <laughs> in the biggest cupboard under the stairs I've ever seen. But fucking hell. Here's the thing I realised, right? I'm still fairly sure. And my memory of Cinema Swirl is, as we've established, patchy at best. And mm. I don't think in the history of Cinema Swirl I've actually eaten legit tiffin. I've had like McVitie's tiffin. Yeah, we bites. did have a you you bigged up some big segment once when yeah. we were here in my house and you're yeah. like, oh, this, that, and the other. And we just had some fucking chewy biscuit like. What's yeah. this like? I th- I think did we even cut that out of the episodes? <laughs> It's just like, well, we're eating biscuits. I don't know what you want to have. I can't remember. I'm going to leave this in. If we have done this already, please email in and say, Sam, it's already happened. But I would like 2020, which has been, I'm going to say, a dreadful year. It's been a stinker. To be the year at Christmas time that I eat or indeed make some tiffin. Right, oh. I'm, I'm going to try and have some sort of tiffin occasion ready to go at Christmas time. I'm putting it out there and I hope I don't forget because that will be embarrassing to say the least. But I want yep. cri- Christmas to be Use your recriminations right here. Play this back to him. Use his words against him. Yeah. It's time for tiffin swirl. It's what the people It's what the people need after a really difficult 2020. Isn't it? I, I'm 80% sure that mm. what the people don't need is yeah. possibly a segment that we may have already done. <laughs> I've eaten something Tiffin like, all right, but I don't okay, think it yeah, was legit yeah. Tiffin. All right, I just kind of the problem with this, Sam, is, is yeah. that I'm trying to see how I end up eating something out of this, and I'm not really seeing how that's going to happen here. And that's a difficult, that's a difficult prospect to get my head around. Kevin, here. I could make Tiffin, right? Fuck it, let's go big Kai concept here. I'm going all in on this. I'm going to make Tiffin. I'm going to send Tiffin to you. Whoa! Yeah, Tiffin can go in the post, right? Tiffin can go in the post. Sorry, what's that? A fucking plantations, is it? Hey, <laughs> what's going to happen when it lands? You're going to build a straight road through it and make it crack town. Way. <laughs> 
Hey, we have fun here on Cinema Swirl. <laughs> Sam, yeah. tell me, what do you know about The Rock? I mean, this is obviously uh, a movie with our boy, Nicky C. Yeah. And it's got Sean Connery, the grandee, inside. So, The Rock, right? Mm. It's got Nicky C. It has. It's got Shawnee C. It does. The seaman. Couple of sea dogs. Yeah. Salty sea dogs. Here's the thing about The Rock, right? I think I've seen the poster. Okay. It doesn't give a whole lot away. No, it, do- it doesn't give anything away, really. It looks... I mean, Sean Connery's head will feature along with the yeah. rest of his body in the movie. We know that much. Yeah, I yeah. seem to remember the poster being <laughs> that kind of action orange colour. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It had that kind of explosion orange on the on the cover. It's when you ask a smart lamp to turn brown. <laughs> it's that colour. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Other than that, so I, th- I reckon there's an explosion. I reckon there's a couple of gunshots. Okay. Other than that, Kevin, this is very exciting for me. I don't know anything about what The Rock is or what it's about. Really? So you don't know what The Rock is in relation to? What? Guess what The Rock is. What is the titular Rock? Well, I know that we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I mm. wonder, and, you know, wrestlers had that habit of being, like, named after just shit from the media. So The Rock came out in 1996. Right. And... Dwayne the Rock Johnson didn't turn his wrestling moniker when did for he Rocky. Come out? <laughs> he but well, he ca- he came out in 1996 but he was Rocky Maivia then. Right. He didn't become The Rock until like later on in 1997. Uh, okay. So yeah, coincidence. You know there's a couple of things that are called The Rock though in fairness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, rocks. So I don't know if <laughs> The Rock is a guy, a person okay. or an actual stone that they're after. It could be a diamond. Okay. Diamonds Ooh, are sometimes diamond. called the rock. Like, oh, get, oh, mate, get them rocks. And, but they're actually diamonds. And he's Sean Connery be like, I told you diamonds are forever because I'm only bloody old and wanting after that rock now. <laughs> Looks straight into camera as he says it. <laughs> I- <laughs> Big wink as well. Big old wink. But I, I don't know. I'm just guessing it's, it's an action film and... I get a crime vibe from it. When you say action movie now, yeah. are you expecting... It's got cage in it. to the wall! Or are you expecting it to be a little bit more cerebral? Because, you know, we've had mm. a bit of both here. You know, we've had, had some times where it's been a bit more thinky, a little bit more lower, not say lower energy necessarily, yeah. but just kind of less... Bang, 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 boom, boom, boom. Like, do you think just because Nick Cage is in this, are you going to get, like, Nick Cage movie vibes? This is what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, you know, in terms of the tone of it, I would suspect this as a as a film producer, director, casting agent, whatever. You don't bring in Nicolas Cage for subtlety usually. Not yeah. usually. Usually. So this would be a wild exception. Connery? Subtle? I mean, how's he got a slot in here? Um, a man of a thousand voices, all of them <laughs> Scottish. I reckon he's going to do the voice. I reckon he's going to do the Sean Connery voice. He's probably still going to be quite old at this point, so he might be the kind of... Do you ever just realise, though, when it hit 1985, you just kind of stayed the exact same age until you retired? Yeah. 20 years of being this white-haired beard man. He's that man. So I'm wondering, okay, now I'm trying mm. to just piece together... I'm piecing this together from nothing, because I, I haven't heard anything about this in popular culture, really. Or if I have, I've missed that it's a reference to The Rock. I reckon he's the kind of older guy okay is he the villain or the or the or the hero would you pick them as heroes villains a mixture are we gonna have like a face-off situation i reckon there's gonna be a turn so he's like he's either good at crime or he's good at stopping crime okay and nicholas cage is like this young upstart guy coming in and one of them turns on the other and i i reckon they're in opposition to each other i'm not sure they're working together okay as much as i would like that as a kind of buddy pick 
This rock ain't big enough for the both of them, folks. No, I want to see Connery v. Cage. <laughs> Maybe in a cage. They're not They're not facing off, though, are they, on the poster? I'm not mm. sure if face-off meant that they couldn't do that. They're looking head-on, No, you they know? seem to be looking in the same direction. Maybe at the titular rock. It, the, <laughs> the rock is off-screen in the poster. They don't give that away on the poster for free. You've got to come and see that if you want to look at the rock. So, like, I saw this movie way, 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 way back when it was an action movie that fucking gripped me. This was, you know, very much a, a weekend VHS rental with dads. Okay, you know, this is okay. definitely that vibe. And mm. I watched it again not that long ago. I think around maybe four or five months ago. He says basically kind of go, when we were watching a lot of Nick Cage movies, which as we know in this podcast could have been three years ago now <laughs> because of how fucking time has been time working as of late. anything. Yeah. It certainly doesn't. And I was like really enjoying the Nick Cage stuff I'd seen. I was like, you know what, this has been advertised on various streaming services, and Mm -hmm. it's someone I want to stick my teeth into. I had a ruddy good Sunday afternoon with it, Sam. It's a bit more epic than probably some of the ones you're used to. Okay. But I'm confident that you're going to have a good time. Okay. I think I, I I feel like I need this. You know? Did I say that at the bar? I'm confident you'll have a good time. <laughs> I don't know if you did. No. Mostly because I was arguing that an ostrich isn't a bird, and I think that might have <laughs> thrown you off. Just a few times Sam has spoken to my mum on the phone. They've always been very agreeable with each other, so I reckoned he wouldn't enjoy the birds. Look, I don't often look back on previous episodes and go, remember when I said that? But going through the edit for the birds, it was a real struggle as to whether I was going to really? keep it. Really? That was the one thing where I was like, that is a silly argument that uh, an ostrich isn't a bird. Okay, <laughs> I, I was playing around with it and having fun. And I think I meant it kind of at the time. But, you know, a little bit foolish in retrospect. Look, everyone could do with a good movie they think they'll like right now. Yeah. And I'm sure you more than anything could do with a podcast co-host who can reliably predict whether or not you're going to enjoy a movie. So your prediction is... That I will have a good time with this. I think so. I okay. think you and I are where we're recording right now in the UK. Mm. We've just been put down under a second national lockdown, which yeah. is kind of TBD when it's, this is all going to end or whatever. So to say that we could do with a bit of a romp to lift our spirits is probably a massive fucking understatement. Yeah. So what I'll say is, if you don't enjoy this movie... I'll make sure that we find some nice ones that you'll okay. like for death. Okay. Just from looking at the poster and knowing nothing else about it, other than the title, other than two of the stars, I don't know who directed this, I don't know who's involved, no nothing, but I th- it looks fun. It does look fun. Like, your brain's not going to have to do a whole lot, I don't think. Oh, good. You know what okay. I mean? Because because yeah, yeah, yeah. you've seen Face Off, because you've seen, you know, Con Air, and even because we did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm. it kind of feels like you know what to expect from a lot of the leads from the mid to late 90s action Hollywood blockbuster, which we've yep. done a lot of this year on Swirl. Yep. So I think your mind's going to fill in the blanks and put you on auto-cruise mode, and you're going to have a good old time well, with Sean Connery. I am genuinely quite excited for this. So, let's go do a cinema swirl. And we're rock. Ah, oh, Sam, initial gut reactions to... The back! Hey. The rock! Hey! 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 
Hey, hey, now, there we go. Wow. That's what I've been after for a little while here, I think. Well, I don't know. It's all right if you want to change it from, like, a, a star rating system to a letter <laughs> grading system. But, like, you give me a heads up is oh, what no. I'm saying. Sorry, let, let me try again. Way, way, oh. way, 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 way. <laughs> Yeah. Give us away now, Sam. What did you really think of this movie? That was a good time, that was. Ah! Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling, ooh, ooh, that you were going to have a good time when you watched The Rock. I mean, you said way, initial gut reaction, I would say from the visual standpoint. I know last go-around we had the two shades of Tony Soprano. This is one shade of John Fonz, is what I'm seeing right here, because <laughs> this guy's got both thumbs up, and he's very happy indeed. Yeah. Was it a romp in the style of some of the other 90s offerings we've had recently? I think this is kind of similar in vain to maybe a face-off. Probably not quite as absurd, but the level of action. And look, I'm not just, I'm not a complete action head. I'm not an action man, but... Often you're more of a reaction man, I would say. (laughs) And my reaction is way, because, I don't know, it's one of those turn your brain off a little bit, don't concentrate too much, but have fun. And we get two very fascinating, there's a few fascinating performances, but two fascinating performances from very different men and... You know, I'm I'm glad to be back in the cage. Despite all my rage, I'm glad to be back (laughs) in the cage with Nicolas Cage. And where is that cage, you may ask? Why, sitting on a dock, Michael Bay? Because this is, I believe, the first... Offering from Hollywood Blam Master Michael Bay. Yes, yes, who I am aware of. Yeah, far from the subtlety of his tree and leaf namesake, he's quite the bombastic individual. Is he the Transformers man? He is the Transformers, he's the Transformers man. man. He's the. Mm. Is he a lens flare dude, or is that? Are we talking Abrams there? Known for big stylized action stuff Michael Bay isn't he it's all sizzle and you know there's probably some steak in there as well and in this movie there's lots of steak but you can barely see the steak forest for the sizzle trees very often with Michael Bay is is the oft thrown at him criticism a popcorn filmmaker i would say you know you sit back in the cinema you experience a thing with michael bay you say that and yet he is the director of two movies Mm. that i experienced in the cinema one which gave me an actual headache and made me feel like sick afterwards yeah and another one which gave me the longest urination male notwithstanding that i believe i've ever experienced in my life so you know he i'm not going to come out here and say that i'm a big michael Bay fan because I watched Transformers 2 and I haven't seen the first one I know what a foolish error that was in the movie going <laughs> gonna miss out on so much context absolute lost oh. Sam lost I was so yeah. you know Michael Bay it's it's worth reminding yourself he's not just someone you can make fun of on Twitter he's made fucking bombastic badass big bold there's no movie with a b word damn it a blockbuster mm. there we go there like we go. the rock yes my understanding of michael bay's reputation was that ah oh, he's a bit shit but it's explosions and that's all i really know about michael bay but this was a bit shit and explosions but in a really good way yeah. it was like really good shit explosions and look we get Nicolas Cage, mm. Sean Connery. I've yeah. also got Ed Harris, who I know off of Westworld. Ah, have you seen him anything else? I probably have, but that's the one that stuck out to me. And I've only watched the first season of Westworld, but he was very good in that. Yeah, I know he's, you know, obviously adopting the Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones moniker, but he's saying like any men in black I ever seen. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, Ed Harris is your kind of go-to guy in Hollywood if you want a military-looking man who looks sad. Oh, yeah, I've written down sad army man Ed Harris because that is the character that he's playing here. Hummel, he's the, it's a very dramatic opening. Lots of, like, silhouettes and, like, flags being laid over coffins and things. He's, there are lots of big explosions happening as well. And I actually yeah. correct myself because I wrote down war boons, but it's war booms. War booms. War booms would be like, you know, stuff you've stolen from doing a good war. Yeah, there's some stuff here to say, hey, maybe war's not all it's cracked up to be, guys. Hummel's off to his wife's grave to leave some flowers, telling her there's something he's got to do. He tried but he needs to do more to change their thinking, leaving his special army medal on the gravestone to kind of renounce... Renounce army. I am no longer <laughs> army. I am me. I, I are me. All right. I mean, we hear little glimmers and glimpses of Ed Harris where he's like... On some sort of like, yeah, I know, you're home, you're some sort of a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee, didn't it? It sounded like that. And I was I kind of annoyed I didn't get like the director's cut yeah. or the one where you saw what happened behind those closed doors. Who's got the gavel? That's what I want to know. And uh, You at least enjoyed the little peek into that, that world. It was a peek into that world, Sam. It was wild stuff for you 1996. Bust that door wide open and have a proper view of the situation. I demand oversight of this <laughs> subcommittee. Speaking of busting open doors, we cut to a naval weapons depot and Ed Harris Hummel, he's sort of st- he's storming this place. Place. He's coming in with his little ragtag bunch of mad lads. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like he, he's got like all like the kind of semi-villains from from movies and TV. Mm. That's why he's got like Doctor Cox, known bully, to be one of his yeah. experts. Here's a question, Sab: mm. Do you think naval weapons are stored in depots called naval weapons depots with big bull writing? No, but that th- it's a Michael Bay film. Okay, I don't want to have to. Th- I don't want to see like an actual real name of a navy weapons depot and be like, oh, I wonder what this building is. I can't really figure it out. I want somebody to say, here's what's happening. Enjoy the film. Like, later on, there's, like, a logo for a foundry. It says Bay Foundry. And I was like, because that's the... And he's just, you know, mad respect to him for just saying... (laughs) Naval Weapons Depot. Here we go. He's sneaking in. We get that cool action double handgun reveal at one point. He's shooting the place up. The colours are great. I love the kind of blue vault thing with lots of dry ice. It looks like fucking laser quest. Lots of explosions happen on mm. these backdrops, which is very nice. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously seen... A little bit of John Woo, mm. who from we saw in Face Off. Yes. Well, of course, we mentioned Face Off. He had a whole career of double shooty gun, blam, blam, everything explodes and sparks action movies yes. that were coming all from the 80s and 90s. So I think this is uh, Hollywood very much settling into its explosion fest. This is peak explosions for me. Yeah, things yeah, are yeah. actually being caused to spark and set on fire. And I can't tell you why that means so much to me. <laughs> Destroy it! It's viscerally (laughs) enjoyable to see things blow up and go wrong. What I've realised, actually, enjoying the colours of this, so we've got this blue vault where the things are kept, we get bright yellow and orange explosions, and in these special rockets, we've got the magic green marbles. With this film, I think if you were given like a basic set of finger paints, you could paint... (laughs) 
like scenes from this film. Or you could watch this movie not in your native language and have mm. a fairly good idea yeah. of what's going Some on. Some of the things <laughs> that you need to understand are like colour coded for you. Green, that looks poisonous. That looks bad. I tried to find out about these VX rockets because I remember there was a controversy back in like 2003 and four when we had all of our weapons of mass destruction and you yeah. know, biological warfare concerns that were going on. And apparently there's this big kind of like concern that was raised and got a lot of traction which was mainly based off the fact that the people were basing their science off of this movie as opposed to actually what biological right. weapons were like uh. and there was a lot of concern that we were going to have uh, an Ed Harris on our hands since Saddam Hussein <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I did see that subsection of the Wikipedia page. And yeah. I was just oh, like, I went right in there. You know what? I'm, li- I'm leaving that. Alexa, expand all. <laughs> Let me get a hard copy of that. As they're stealing these special gooey green rocket marbles, a guy drops one of them. He gets shut in the vault, and we see his face go all bumpy like Rice Krispies. So we establish, like, it's bad. It'll poison you. It'll fuck you up. His skin melts off. Gross. It's crazy to see here because, you know, as so soldiers killing soldiers you hate to see it except that is most wars <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a, good, a good fair whack of them, really, to, to be honest. Yeah. At one point, some guy got killed. I, I couldn't really tell. It looked like it was a big red tennis ball shot through a window. <laughs> I like this, these effects. There's a lot of like kind of when people get hit. There's a lot of like you know semi slow down and you know camera yeah, yeah. shake and all that. I like the idea of seeing everyone getting yanked on these wires, going and being fucked around these sets. Great times. So Nick Cage with a borderline like Marvel classic era name. It's Stanley Goodspeed. Stanley Greetings, Goodspeed. true believers. I'm Stanley Goodspeed, your guide through Marvel <laughs> comics. So, the way they establish Nicolas Cage's character in this is amazing. We get shots of him in a lab, so we're like, ah, okay, we got a science guy, playing Rube Goldberg machines with a fucking Nerf gun and floppy disks. Oh, he's a bit of a nerd, but he likes, you know, he's playful. Okay, within ten minutes of this film starting, we get Nicolas Cage saying that he's a Beatle maniac and explaining why vinyl records sound better. Like, that's good character establishment that's like you just say that because they're things that you like as well yes Yes, i can relate to the protagonist in this film i think sure there's an ultra cut of this where he says he's a digimon maniac (laughs) instead Now, I, I take umbrage with him claiming to be a Beatlemaniac. You're, yeah. He's not a Beatlemaniac. I'll give you a real Beatlemaniac. Fucking John Lennon, yeah? <laughs> he was proper into the Beatles. Ringo Starr still to this day carries the flag for the Beatles, yeah? yeah? I yeah, mean, yeah. prove yourself, good speed. So we get, you know, shots of him at work. He's stepping into this chamber thing. He's a chemical bombman. Yes, he's a chemical man because a little baby doll thing in a Bosnian crate has got the bad gas in it and there's a bomb in there with a ticking timer on it one of those red timers on it again color coat you you know what you're looking at here that is definitely a bomb it's ticking down and the michael bay 1996 interpretation of the bosnian serbian crisis he's like there's bosnians here and in america and they're serbians they don't like each other so there's a bomb (laughs) it's a really tense scene though lots of like cool camera shots we get some stuff from like inside the hazmat suits like panning around like a first person perspective that's cool everyone's shouting and there's a big needle that might need to be injected if they get 
covered in the gas. I mean, he's he's there like screaming like ah, it's eating through my you know the, the yeah. suit, and you're gonna, you're, we've all been there when someone's let off like a lynx or something like that in a small room or, or, ah, or, or eating or through or my axe. suit. <laughs> ah, well, I, I I'm sensitive to such nasty sprays, mm. so you know I, I'm with Nick Cage here. Yeah, but even this like quite simple character establishment stuff that like okay, he's the chemical weapons guy. He can defuse bombs. He's relatively unconventional in his approach, but can deal with pressure in some ways. And also, injecting a big thing into your heart is a scary proposition. Just to establish that, we get this really fun, tense scene. I suppose you could have done some exposition stuff there that wasn't as exciting, but to have already, like, an action-packed scene just to be like, this is who this character is. I was think a lot you of probably go the longest, maybe five, six minutes without there being some sort of action scene in There's this. There's always shit going on, and I really appreciate that. Like, I didn't get bored during this at all. And two hour ten, it is on the longer. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fishing into grown territory for mm. just you know for judging books by their covers that contain their runtimes. <laughs> you know, that, so I, I I thought that I because I'd seen it quite recently. I thought that I watched through this and be like, oh, this is going to be a little bit of a drag. Yeah. But even still, it was just great because I'd seen it before. I was able to switch off my brain even more. It felt like it. Yeah, yeah. It takes you by the hand, and I don't know how you managed to strike a balance between there being enough action sequences to keep you awake but not so much that you get a headache but well, we're here this we're here. is the we're rock <laughs> when you mentioned judging books by their cover that have the running time on them have you seen that like diet ice cream like what's it called halo top that has like the calories yes. really big on the front yeah yeah I think DVD packaging should do that and just be like, like really <laughs> big numbers on the front like here's the fucking runtime. like there you go that's what you want to see not like in a little font on the back in one of those little white squares nah I want it up front and I want it in hours and minutes not in minutes where i have to do maths to yeah, figure out how long i'm i subscribed to a new movie streaming service recently yeah. and it's like oh so that's what it's gonna be we're all gonna pretend that we want to do maths now is that it oh it's 156 minutes i can't i don't know what that is come on come, come on now do you reasonably expect me to divide by 60 in 2020 this is like the bread mitch hedberg mentioned that was wrapped twice like <laughs> putting an extra step in here <laughs> So we get Nick at home now explaining to his, his girlfriend. You've done this. You've done this. What? What have I done? You've told an anecdote and used a guitar to oh, kind yeah, of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to defuse a bomb. Just angrily strumming his guitar. Some Beatle maniac. Why don't you bust out some of the fucking classics then, mate? Like, so this. I'd like to be under the sea. <laughs> and he's saying like oh god this world is terrible why would you ever bring a child into this awful world uh, moments later his girlfriend's like hey i'm pregnant oh uh w- wow wow to say that she is this kind of very watered down just what michael bay thinks a dream girl is like she's like goes to him i'm pregnant after he's done his whole speech by the way mm. about why wanting to have a child is like a futile and i quote cruel endeavor <laughs> and she still tells him i beaming big yeah. smile i'm pregnant in spite of what you just said and then he says it again and then she goes i know you were joking as well when you said that right she just kind of apologized 
realizes for him. Yeah. She kind of pre-does it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, look, now I'm thinking about it, in terms of female characters in this, there is this woman... Who's kind of like... Because she's revealed to be pregnant, she's essentially mm. used by Michael Bay as, as a... I shit you not, like a bomb. Like, she's oh. like, you know, she's going to... She's be pregnant, so we got to get there soon. <laughs> she's just here, like, here's some of the stakes. Like, here you go. Like, she's pregnant. She's proposing. Now we've got some stakes for Nicolas yeah. Cage's character. Like, that's all she's here for. So basically, Michael Bay sees a woman and just sees some stakes. And then if he wants to raise the stakes, he makes them pregnant in the scene. So he's literally yes. treating them like meat, Sam. Yeah, sure. But, <laughs> you know, it, this is what it is. Also, right, The Rock is a prison. It's actually Alcatraz prison. I d- I've never heard Alcatraz referred to as The Rock. Is that an established thing or is that a thing for this film? It is. I mean, honestly, mostly what I knew about Alcatraz I pieced together from when Rowdy Roddy Piper, in a bid to defeat Hulk Hogan in wrestling, put himself in Alcatraz for like a couple of days uh, <laughs> to, 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 to lock himself Why? in there. But I'm pretty sure he didn't refer to it as The Rock. Uh, and again, might just because we didn't want to that might have got some wrestling confusion. terminology, yeah. although that came before it. So, yeah, I mean, I have not heard you refer to as The Rock very mm. often. No. But that being said, I don't keep up with all the latest Alcatraz media. I will say, though, Sam, I'd love to go to Alcatraz. It made me seem like a fun day out. Yeah, you think? Like, from the experience that these tourists had going to Alcatraz. Value <laughs> for money, Sam. You think you're getting the 25-minute tour? You get a real experience. Yeah. You ever been on a tour on a holiday and they're like, you know what, we're going to go in here and do an extra little bit. Like, you know, great. Yeah. Fucking yeah. great. The, yeah, yeah. Real good value. Solid TripAdvisor review. That's what you want from Alcatraz. I guess there's probably films already called Alcatraz at this point back in the 90s so The Rock is a little bit more open to interpretation. They take over the beloved tourist prison but some of the baddies got a heart of gold because they're like oh school trip you don't want to have bad school trip memories that's going to make you not trust authority for the rest of your life so on your bus off you go. Send home the children just have the adults as hostages. This is Hummel and his man Ed Harris storming a prison. They love storming places. Yeah they're not humble they like to storm things they're storming a place which, according to the tour guide, once held the most awesome scum in America. You know, the tour guide was doing a great job. He was really selling it. He was wasted there, Sam, I would yeah. say. I think you need to get this guy into some sort of a greatest showman type role. I think <laughs> he could have hosted the first musical in Alcatraz, you know? Yeah. So Ed Harris and his gang, they're setting up like a command center and comms and stuff in the prison. The music's getting very dramatic. You know, you say they like to storm. They're very ready for this. They've got even special prison colored camouflage on them, you know? Yeah. Down at the camouflage shop. Uh, I'll go for prison, please. Do you know what they're doing, Sam? Because, you know, these guys here, they're in prison. They have the special grey and light-coloured camouflage for here, for this area. Earlier in the movie, when the credits were rolling at the start, they had their special uniform for fighting the dead, which is those white hats and special nice smart jackets. They did. If you're in a graveyard, you don't want to be wearing anything else because they'll spot you otherwise. When they went to that weapons depot, they were just dressed in primary colours because, like, that's <laughs> what was there. So, right, here's why they're doing this. This is to, in exchange for like one million dollars each for these 
men, yeah. a gang of mercenaries, and the promise of going to a non-extradition country. He's doing this to avenge the families of dead marines who didn't get properly compensated because they were on undercover missions that were not public knowledge, and so therefore to have paid money to the families would have compromised the thing, or it's something. a really great little... It's high intrigue, and it's very, like, oh, wow. And it's also very simple to understand, because yeah. everyone knows from having seen... If you've seen, like, a Rambo, or you've seen any sort of Arnie movie, you know the idea of there being, like, covert ops, and mm-hmm. it's like, hey, think about this one other thing. And it, it's... It, they don't beat the drum of it very much in the movie. You get a couple of lines of dialogue relating to it, but it gives hmm. Ed Harris... All the fucking emotions in the world to work with. And it's that's, very yeah. well done. See, that's I was a bit cautious at this point because I was like, those are sort of pretty noble motivations. Like, it's at the, at the very least murky waters and complicated, but he's a character who is motivated by loyalty to his, you know, men who are under his command and he wants them to be compensated properly. That's not bad guy shit. That's, but, but you mm. know here that some of these people are into bad guy shit because most of these mm. people are accepting a million dollars to be excommunicated from the United States forever. Yeah. Some of these lads are way too into this idea. <laughs> like, like, I don't want so to prejudge that I saw Tuco Salamanco from, from Breaking Bad. <laughs> I don't like to prejudge people from yeah. other roles they've played, but mm. there were some wrongings here. Dr. Cox would spend that money on egotistical things. Yes, yes, I imagine he would. They've got missiles, missiles, <laughs> missiles, pointed at San Francisco. Ah, now, poor yeah. old San Fran. Poor old San Fran. He's making his demands to the government government, the FBI, I think something about a slush fund. I always like the term slush fund. Oh, yes! Just makes me think of Tango Ice Blast. You know, slushies, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. That's what you... Mm. Is that what your slush fund is set up well, for, I, I'm assuming? I've set it aside to, like, a special little account so I can pay for expensive cinema drinks. That's my slush <laughs> fund, right? Yeah? <laughs> yeah? That's not your slush pot, though. That's different. No, that's a different thing, but this is my okay. slush fund to buy slush pots. Very good. And then chug them down. Turns out Ed Harris isn't just a hero. He's a goddamn legend. He's a legend. He wants two things that all soldiers want deep down. Men Medals and money, that's what they're all about here in this war. Yeah, proper compensation, proper respect for the lives of these men. Again, murky waters in terms of motivation. I do like as well in these scenes where they're talking about their options and weighing it all up. I mm-hmm. always love kind of, you know, presidential drama. What are they going to do in the decision room and all that? Michael Bay really showing you here what he thinks because all the high-ranking politicians are dumb and stupid. And all the army generals are cool and right. <laughs> Yes. And they also, like, have witty put-downs where they're like, Mr. Chief of Staff, why don't you button up your diaper, you little baby? (laughs) They really fucking dress them down. Have you seen the West Wing, Mr. Bay? Because it doesn't go down like that. No, no, it doesn't. In this universe, it does. So we cut to Nick Cage. I mean, any scene of Nicolas Cage having sex is going to be fascinating. Sorbet! Yeah, what? The Man's on in the background. You're an amorous... Cream of the peach sorbet persuasion. I'm not right. 
Okay, what? cream is not a sorbet, Sam. That's just, come on. You're just an amaretto cream of the peach sorbet persuasion. I can't wrap my head around what that means. Cage, don't pull this shit the week MasterChef Professionals comes back in the UK, all right? I'm fucking, I'll pounce on you like a fucking puma with this shit. That's a man fumbling to say something sexy and really just having to go with what his brain throws into Look, that. just pretend to turn into a grunt. That's all, that, come on, that's, you, that's yeah. your advantage as a man in that position. The FBI calling him up this isn't happening no one interrupts my cold roof sex but they do he's got to go on a mission but like his girlfriend's understandably upset but in order to sort of sate her and make her happy he's like I'm going to marry you baby and so then he, off he goes to don't forget uh, to you're do pregnant mission. baby <laughs> <laughs> he's becoming like an old man now. hey hello oh, I'm Nicholas Cage peach sorbet I'm just nipping to the shops for an egg <laughs> what do you mean they don't sell them on their own <laughs> The government, they need information on the tunnel systems in Alcatraz, okay? They don't know how to get in because it's still a, a mystery, I guess. It's a maze of shit, Sam. That's what a mystery yeah. is. It's a maze of shit. So, who are we going to call? Sh- Sean Connery. Sean, Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah probably Sean is Connery. The- Bad guy, long hair, lots of shadowy shots of him being brought out. Pro escape artist, looks like a pro wrestler with that hair. My he God. really does, yeah. Coming out of retirement for one last match. I mean, Nicolas Cage also, he's giving us brilliant Nick Cage stuff every scene, every line. Enthusiastic nerd Nick Cage is, yeah. is a really fucking nice one to have. I wonder how much he's allowed to improvise or whether he's actually reading the script verbatim and just Nick Caging it up. Oh, I definitely think it's the latter, for sure. He's he's, he's seeing those lines and just putting his spin on them. He's putting his weird, like, I mean, when you put as many weird pauses and inflections as he does, what are a few extra fucking words here and there, you know? I I do like the pairing of chaotic old-timer Sean Mm -hmm. Connery with chaotic, enthusiastic Poindexter, Nicolas Cage. They're fucking sweet and sour, salt and pepper. I'm not just talking about his white hair. Hey, folks, I decided to try and counter any things that you'll probably find out about Sean Connery by giving you a couple of Sean Connery fun facts. Okay, yeah. You know that he briefly worked as a coffin polisher before entering the world of acting. There you go. So, you know, you and him both involved in the industry of death. So, Sean Connery, John Mason... He escaped Alcatraz back in the day, but that's all kept secret. That's top secret stuff. He's very sassy to the little negotiator man that they send in, the kind of tough cookie being like, no, you, we're, we're not going to give you what you want. He wants a suite at the hotel. And he's all highbrow as well. He's like, mm. Archimedes, Walter Raleigh. You're bringing all these fucking, all right, yeah, Mr. Fucking Observer. All right, all, is it well to have all the time to be reading it in prison, yes. huh? <laughs> You've read some books in prison, mate. We get it. All right. Negotiator man tosses him a quarter and again Michael Bay not letting us miss anything because we get such slow-mo close-up shots of this quarter like spinning around and dropping Mm. to the floor So, oh, I wonder if anything's going to happen with that quarter. But Nick Cage gets sent in. Him him pretending to be an FBI kind of, like, anti-terrorism thing is hilarious. There's the simple parts of him, like, offering coffee, but then mistakenly thinking that Sean Connery's going to go get him coffee, coffee somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's marvellous stuff. And they... 
they have him like smashed through the window to mm-hmm. be, you know, let you know that this is the kind of guy who's going to break a few windows, ruffle a few cages, you know, shake a few rocks. He's the man for the job, is what he's saying. Yeah. In this sequence with Nick Cage, where they're doing that little bit of negotiating, there's a bit where Sean Connery says that he wants a suit, a shower, a shave, and the fit. What is it? No, no. What it is is he wants your shower. A shave and the feel of a new shit. Yeah. Did they write that line just to have fun with Sean Connery's come, voice? Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, I yeah. specifically ordered a non-liquid plasma screen. <laughs> <laughs> come on now, you're just having fun. Uh, Sean, the line's a slippery snake on a Saturday, if you can uh, say that. Please, you're thank you, Sean. A slippery snake <laughs> on a shot. Sometimes... A snake will take it to the wire. There's some topical references here to the popular culture at the time. Why are you talking about grunge? Grunge, yeah. Grunge. Your hair's kind of a grunge thing. Great stuff. Yeah, he's MacGyvered the coin. He's punched his way through the two-way mirror, pokes his head through, says, Womack, why am I not surprised, you piece of shit? That's a good line. Well delivered, poking through a thing. I can't do a Connery, but... It's not very hard to come up with a random reason why... Sean Connery happens to be playing Sean Connery in this role and I think they say that he's English which... No, no, they do say they keep saying British and like he's from Glasgow, he is a Scottish okay. national they're not, no, right. <laughs> they're not like trying to get away with that being just It's not English like the accent. Untouchables with my bespoke Irish accent No, I'm, fr- I'm from Mullingar, you see from the same town as Joe Dolan <laughs> Womack is such a I think is is he the head Womack. of the FBI? He is and he's also the chief of staff in The West Wing which uh, is a which is a show I've already mentioned and I have to break it yet I could not see Womack as character as being an alcoholic right because of The West, of West Wing. Wing yeah Womack's a good name to be angry at and to shout about Womack, Womack. you got to have two syllables don't yeah. you Womack Womack and hey it's the 90s so we get a kind of camp stylist coming in to cut Sean Connery's hair Oh, he's been very, very naughty, Sean Connery. He's doing yeah. exactly what we'd all do. If you manage to get your sweet, he's there ordering some snacks and drinks as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's pulling out the kind of string thing from the from the shower curtain bit. We see him still doing some MacGyver stuff. So while he's getting his nice haircut, he manages to somehow, with shower curtain string, attach that to Womack and, like, push him over the balcony... It's a bold play, Sam, because... the hotel. You, you can't be often in a shower and looking at any sort of material in there going, I'll could dangle a man's arm on that off the side of a yeah. building. I've had many a shower in my time, mm. and I really don't know if there's any material in a shower that I could really... Tri- and I, I've had some sturdy loofers. No, and, like... <laughs> And, like, he, he's not done the rigorous tests to make sure that that's definitely going to not kill Womack. Like, that's not what that's for. Like, he that worked out in movie logic, but, you know, he's not going to be sure that that's going to work. Got a big egg on his face if, you know, you, you get released from prison and the first thing you do is kill, like, the head of the FBI or whatever. <laughs> you like, check him over the balcony with the string attached. And <laughs> it immediately breaks <laughs> Womack's dead and then what's he got? <laughs> um, I saved his arm! I love the idea that, like, security lads will be distracted by room service snacks. That's such a good, like, cartoonish way of distracting the security. Just bringing loads of snacks into the room. No, no, and just be careful. I'm just saying, these cops were acting like pigs, weren't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, they, yeah. Because of their gluttony. Now, mm. that's it. So, Sean Connery doing the dangling, ties the string to a chair, makes a run for it. You hoist him. And off he goes. Did you notice that the music in this was very like the Pirates of the Caribbean? It was, yeah. Is it, it? Was, it was like, yeah. did did it in? Instead of it being it was it was like, basically the same, isn't it? You're not going up a little bit there. You're not giving me as much of the flourish. No. Is it the but, same guy? Could be the same guy. If it's the same guy, I mean, come and he's just on. reused one of his light motifs later on. But you know, it's yeah, it's good music. Either someone's been ripped off, or someone hasn't. It's like when I did the cinema swill music, and it's just the same notes from the swirl music, what? but just a bit jazzier. Yeah, what? yeah. Don't tell anyone. Same notes. Same notes. Pepsi oh my swirl, god. Same notes. Different time Fuck signature. Oh yeah. I've not written a new piece of music. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years Wait, no, there is i know there is some other interesting cinema swirl music mm. tidbits as well yeah in the spooky swirl music there's a backwards recording of me and yes that was that saying for fuck's I sake i think it's like just that? an R for fuck's sake you've not seen them films or something like that yeah i just reversed something in there that also obviously same music minor key uh, you know you just you take what is a classic such as the cinema swirl theme and you just jazz it up in different orders you know you just play it in different ways so what we're saying out for years. here now is that The Rock is a firm part of the Pirates of the Caribbean extended universe. Exactly. Uh, what I'm also saying is I could do this kind of thing, mate. Yeah, get me scoring some films. Is there anything more 1996 than someone opting to use a fucking Hummer for a getaway? And they're like, it's going 70 miles an hour. Like, is oh, this? Yeah, I mean, God, I love all of this. So that we, we get so many, like, action cliches. There's a bit where they're running through a kitchen. I always love kitchen being smashed yeah. through like, pans and things knocking over we get the a Hummer commandeered big fucking car chase through hilly San Francisco that's why you pick San Francisco Sam, is because the... you get to have those and you also get sweet Sonic adventure vibes yeah, as well yeah. rolling around at the speed of sound <laughs> gotta go fast it's like a roller coaster there's big explosions you get telephone poles being knocked over cop cars flipping over yes please action movie to use more video games mm. right uh Sean Connery's chase sequence, that's an Uncharted game. Okay, but yeah. Nicolas Cage, he's paid £70 to get the special Grand Theft Auto 5 season DLC pack with all the gubbins, and he's got his flying yeah. yellow car here. <laughs> He has. Is that his car? Did he just nick a yellow? No, he nicked a Ferrari from somewhere, didn't he? Of course, you know, you got to when you're going to nick a car, you got to nick the coolest car. Why don't people become police? Lovely. There's little flashes of comedy as well. I mean, Sean Connery, while he's driving this Hummer, getting a phone call on the car phone that says, Sie haben meine Hummer gestohlen. <laughs> Was ist das? <laughs> I wonder what that means. I'm only borrowing your Humvee. But the camera is so shaky. So shaky. And it's real good. It's not headache. Shaky, shaky. No, it was go. Yeah. I felt I was taking on a little bit of a roller coaster here, and mm-hmm. it was. It, it had the nice ebbs and flows of a bespoke long form roller coaster. And oh, hey, I've come yeah. up with a joke that Michael Bay would have really enjoyed. Yeah. Good speeds taken to a high stakes action, like a duck to waterboarding. America. Hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
One more like little action thing that we get because it's San Francisco. One of the trams brackets yes. trolleys. Trolleys, yes. Trolleys blows up and kind of comes hurtling down the hill. Absolute Here, carnage. Sam, I've got a bit of a strategy for when we go in supermarket sweep. Here, Ryland, yeah. get a load of our trolley, huh? <laughs> we'll just set up a static ring of track around the, the, the aisles to go by. So yeah, this is just a, a wild car chase. Like, I love that this film includes a car chase in it. For a film about Alcatraz, you wouldn't think you were going to get a car chase, but you do. Movies like this are important during these locked down times we find mm-hmm. yourself in in November 2020 to date everything massively. Yeah. But, you know, it, I was watching this and I was like, it's great because it reminds me of just the urge to go outside and destroy everything. <laughs> You know, just going out and just fucking Ah, destroying everything. You can't do this in the current climate, can you? You know? No, it's it's not. It's it's very unfriendly to destruction, uh, the current times. You know what? You can't smash up local businesses, let alone go to them. They're all bloody closed. Open up so we can smash (laughs) you. Come on. (laughs) So, Nicolas Cage has tracked down John Mason's next of kin, and so has John Mason, Jade, his daughter. (laughs) Did you like the Hobbit music they played here, when it's like, Jade, it's me, your father. I really did. There's some good music stuff very late on that is like a similar kind of vibe. I enjoyed that a lot. I mentioned Nicolas Cage's girlfriend being the only female character. I'm wrong. Jade, Sean Connery's daughter in this. What? Why was the scene even here? She speaks to She's stakes. She's stakes. She's in San Francisco. So he's trying to reconcile with his daughter and it's just saying like, hey, he's got someone who he cares about who will die if this goes wrong. Oh, he's yeah, not, he's yeah. not just got nothing to live for. Yeah, no, she's stakes and all that, but she's on it so fucking... She's in the scene so briefly she's minute steak like 60 <laughs> seconds and she's fucking gone like yeah. or is she rare steak because you don't see her so it's so hard to find her but we that it means we get a little glimpse of some mutual respect between two men who moments ago had been in a big old car chase it, Sean's trying to explain to his daughter I'm not an evil man and uh, that's not what Sean Connery sounds like Sean Connery I, I'm sure he has he actually said that before like in interviews <laughs> I'm not an evil man like, if you've had to say that yeah. like Sean I mean, Jesus. I think I did Aiden Gillen doing Sean Connery there. It was, a, it was a real, real mess. Nick does a good thing as he's trying to apprehend Sean and approaches saying that, you know, John Mason, he's got to come and help the FBI with an important mission. Come on, John. Rather than saying, your dad's a bastard. <laughs> he's rubbish. He's a prick. He's coming with us. He lets him save face and appear as an honourable man to with his nice daughter. Yeah. Nick didn't have to do that. So they go to Quasar, pretty much, mm-hmm. where yeah. all the maps are luminous. And then <laughs> the best thing about these maps is they're like, right, we need to get the map then of Alcatraz yeah. prison. You know, where is it? And like, I don't know why they're expecting a man who's been held in prison without trial for nearly 30 years to suddenly like have documents on him. And he's like, they're, they're all up here. It's your yeah. mind map. Take a look. And he draws like a cloud and he starts drawing lines out of it. You know, well, let's start with the rock. We'll put that up there. Okay. <laughs> they're going to have to bring John Mason along with them, even though Womack really doesn't want this we don't want that guy going along with them but then we get like top army brass being like he has to go I'm not letting my men die if we don't get this old codger in here to direct us army brass bold as like oh my god bold as army brass it's the only way they'll get the accurate information he's got to be there to sense where he used to go a little joke Uh, Walmack you're between the rock and a hard case (laughs) 
brilliant stuff. All right, we're going to go off and do the aquatic assault, but buy him a pint first, yeah, because that was top banter. Yeah, and Nicolas Cage is going to have to come along too, because... I can't remember why he's got to come on. Because he knows about the chemical weapons. He knows about the VX rockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who can defuse them. So he's got to come along too. Immediately, and this is a great reaction. It's what I would do if I was told I had to come on a mission like this. He just goes to the bathroom to throw up because that's a lot of pressure on him. He's nervous, obviously. He's mm-hmm. got a, a lot on the line here. Yep. But we're cutting back now to the baddies of the rock. It really did dawn on me that $100 million to stop a massive terrorist attack really seems like small potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, this compared to the long-term pay you're going to have to deal with if you're half arse it now. Yeah. Put the groundwork in. Look, there's a credible threat of this hap- Just, yeah. I'm not turning my nose up at, like, that amount of money, but you could... You probably need to bump that up a bit really yeah i mean uh, it's it's it has a whiff of a false terrorist attack sound immediately and yeah. that was that he didn't bring his game face here i do no. like that sean connery refers to good speed as god smell at one point that was good yeah you know he's, he's deliberately trying to be a bit sassy here and bring him down a bit but it's it's just loud banter it's kind of bad I, th- I think it is a respectful level of banter yeah if he starts hitting him in the dick as well now like you know it's proper respect it was that, you just know? banter just banter guys <laughs> it's time for the big incursion the leader of these navy seals that we've got looks a lot like the miz to me looks yes. a bit mi- miz like <laughs> so if they come in contact with the bad gas they've got the special injection to save them as long as they do it within 20 seconds it's all very video gamey this bit yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of you know it's very gears of war over the shoulder you got the night vision goggles from you know basically any war game that it's been released in the last 15 years i mean it, it just felt but unlike a lot of more modern off offerings is and I, I think it's because of the physical nature of all the effects and all that but yeah. it felt like a lot less like i was being floating through a zone it felt like i was kind of there with them as things yeah. were happening a bit yeah, more. yeah yeah not grounded but like tactile it's yeah weighty thick yes and you were talking about video games they get in they swim under they pop up in this little room oh this is so video game there's a, this a little t- like a little tunnel bit with spinning wheels that will kill you and, and flame fire, burst yeah. it's literally a fucking crash bandicoot type platforming level where you've got to like roll through at the right speed i'm pretty sure in one of the batman arkham games there is a bit where you have to go into like a foundry and you have to go yeah. through the underground tuddly bits exactly like like this it is fun to see a body double for sean connery rolling around oh it looks it looks really funny yeah i, I would great. like to be a stand-in roller for someone because uh you might notice about me sam it might be because of my love of sausage rolls but i'm a tip-top mm. roller are you a tip-top roller i'm a tip-top roller i'm a yeah. roly-poly boy front roll back roll roll the sides i was just gonna ask you know what angle are you doing these rolls at all of them all of the above you can roll a side roll is the best way to go you know that's, yeah. uh, i'll take that any day you know what a, a little surprise for you i mean that's very impressive and you know fair play to you i could do a, a mean cartwheel no fucking way <laughs> are you serious <laughs> well okay, okay okay but you know you look at me and you think I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being silly I, I, okay. I, anyone who's ever attended a professional wrestling show with me live yeah I have been given looks from performers and promoters alike of please stop overreacting to the cartwheels okay yeah yeah you're making but, the rest of the show seem strange you take a look at me and he's like this guy he's not gonna be able to do a cartwheel I can do a good cartwheel that's that might amazing. have to be some Patreon bonus content of just Absolutely fucking 
Absolutely. That, you know, that can be a Christmas present for me this year. If, if I'll I get, get you some footage of me doing a cartwheel. If you do yeah. a cartwheel, that would be absolutely great. Straight leg. No bending. Straight leg. Like, Whoa! really just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper, proper cartwheel. You, know, you just, you just got to commit. Well, all I do sometimes is that I'll do a roll, but I will say cartwheel, but I'll, like, I'll declare it. I'll say it very, like... I'll, cartwheel. I visualise it as a cartwheel in my yeah, head, yeah, yeah. and then I will do a roll, and I will say cartwheel. Cartwheel. And yeah. I feel that's almost as good. You, if you carry it with confidence, people will think, oh, yeah, Kevin just did a cartwheel. <laughs> who, you, you don't even know what a cartwheel is at home, do you? Probably he, he not. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't, if that wasn't what he did. This is the era of the car. When's the last time you even saw a cart? That's how Darren Brown does cartwheels, Kevin. <laughs> he will just say cartwheel, and she's like, oh, yeah, you did a cartwheel. <laughs> So he he goes in through the little tunnel and kind of disappears, and then all the Navy SEALs are like, oh, he's not he's not coming, he's he's disappeared into the thing. Yeah, I counted like three or four times that he leaves and comes back, and mm-hmm. <laughs> not unlike the Rock, the the wrestler, uh, he yeah. had lengthy sabbaticals. Between, he did have lengthy. He, he sabbaticals. did have sabbaticals, but much like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he's back. He comes through the door. Welcome to the Rock. Oh, uh, you should yeah. have the titles appear here. With a whoosh, whoosh. And now we're six into the movie. The Rock. <laughs> Boom. So Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery here, they're kind of comparing their days, their typical days. And he's saying, you know, this is a lot more interesting than what I would be doing in prison. So I think Mason's just excited to be out of the house, as it were. Having a bit of a fun time with an activity. And what yes. more could you ask on a day out activity like this? Because this section of the movie really is like the Crystal Maze. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote down Crystal Maze. Like, there hey. are bits where they, they go into little bits, they have to do a task and get Lasers. out of there quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they set off a little motion detector doodad that's been set by Ed Harris and his mercenary pals. Whoa, that's Whoa. bad. So as they head to the shower room, there's a big showdown in the shower room. They're all on the ground level and the baddies are all surrounding them from a, an upper level, which again feels very, like, I recognise that from some game or oh, something. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, every yeah, fucking yeah. game. They have them trapped now, like cats, mm, these yeah. bloody rats have. And the army are like, why you got an army like this, Ed? And then, uh, is it uh, wait, a Marine's army? I don't know. The goody army and the baddie army are yeah. at each other's throats. It's a little bit confusing because both sides are the army in some ways. You know, M- Michael Bay, I, it would have been easier if you just gave them all, like, accents and they were... <laughs> yeah. Well, if you very clearly signposted them as the army and the Barmy army, you know, you, you want <laughs> you want to be, like, clear who's who here. It is a rarity. I, you know, mm. I was being silly there. Like, it's, it's a rarity amongst movies of its time where the baddie is, you know, we said, I guess, in, in Face Off as well, you know, yeah. an, an American terrorist in America, you know, the, yeah. the heady days of the mid-90s where that was the greatest threat we perceived, you know. We get a, a proper shouting match between the two leaders of their respective commanders Man's. No, I will not stand there, sir. You yeah. told you stand there, sir. But it's the most intense Holmes under the hammer I've ever seen. He was not letting them walk away with that bedsit. The Miz is being pretty clear here. He's like, hey, I understand what you're saying, but I swore to protect my country at all costs, as did you, as did all of those gentlemen surrounding us. So I cannot back down. I can't put my weapons down. And, and Ed Harris is like pulling his earlobe and being like, wink, come on. 
you know? Didn't want it to go down to being, you know, bam, 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 everyone being shot up. Because you can tell the look on his face. He doesn't want to shoot anyone. He basically was looking at you there saying, whoa, Nelly, it is yeah. getting hot in here, you know? But something falls off, like a brick drops or something, and then, and then, then everyone starts shooting everyone. I mean, the bad lads are upstairs shooting the good guys downstairs. It's an impossible win for our, uh, our seals. It's just the lads left then, really, you know, our title lads. Well, they're down there in the little... They haven't yet popped up into the shower room. You know, they're down below it. And Nick's just like, don't go up, please, for the love of God. And one lad goes up, gets shot to pieces. So it's just our two two main dudes left. Watch my cue to skidoo. Off he goes again. <laughs> Fucking another time. He's out now again this time. Ah, uh, yeah. Find out, you know, in another scene here, a little bit of that delicious, juicy exposition that he had dirty files on microfilm that he was basically holding. And because the your British government is like... Mm. We don't know anything about that chap. Yeah. And, and that means that you over here in America, they kept him and they're like, without trial. And they're like, well, we'll wait till we get the film. And he never gives the film. So he's been held all these years. And it yeah. seems all like very much, oh, broadsheet journalism, political intrigue. And then they're like, he knows about everything. He knows about the aliens, JFK, who really killed him. <laughs> yeah. Who Nixon was fucking. <laughs> they could have complicated that and made it about something like actually, you know, politically realistic sounding but they're just like the big conspiracies that you're thinking of he knows about that shit and like i appreciated that as an audience member that like he knows what happened with jfk he knows about roswell okay he knows the bit he's got all that stuff and of course he's got it on microfilm but nowadays it'd be on a pen drive wouldn't it You'd, yeah it'd be a little a little usb stick or a thumb driver one of those th- yeah 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 one of those but it's microfilm which was the usb of its day very much so and, and i like that this is something that's teased a little bit and we can mm-hmm. see a little bit of that later on it is a very silly MacGuffin, and it makes this movie yep. fantastical in just the right way i think the reason why i'm enjoying this a lot more than a lot of i mean if you're giving me a movie and it's like all right it's military guys against military guys i'm gonna be like, yeah. i need something to get me invested are some of the soldiers super soldiers or is there a serum of sorts you know that's mm. kind of where i need to lay my hat it's just silly enough this yes yes yes. it's the right it's pitched pretty much perfectly in terms of the level we're aiming at here like i understand what's going on and i appreciate that a lot i've not had to do any research to get this that's the thing <laughs> i've not had to like cross check anything on wikipedia to make sure i know what's happening so nikki cage manages to convince him to stay again yep. and he unclassifies some information he didn't know the full details about the the rockets and all that so he's like maybe i'll stay and prevent nuclear armageddon he will run away again before the end of the movie another two times there's quite a few but things of like oh i'm going away i'll disarm you uh, and then coming back it's almost as if michael bay didn't trust sean connery he was trying to like (laughs) warn us or something like that so they're like there's some rats in these tunnels so what's the better thing to flush out a rat than a cat by which i mean a big bomb a big bomb yeah which is a great excuse for some slow motion sean connery going move as they need to run out of the way of a big bomb right i i need to get your thoughts on this because i've been thinking about this a while and i don't know if i'm being mad or not when i'm considering this hit me with it i want to be underwater when there's an explosion happening above the water yeah 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 yes 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 thank you okay so Again, from a satisfying colour perspective, the dark blue of the tunnel and the water and the bright orange of the explosions looks cool. And I feel you get a little warm, like if someone had done a big fart in a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So you plunge down into the cold water and above you there's an explosion. I, you would, I think, I feel, and I don't know this, that there would be a, yeah, a satisfying warmth and no, a lovely glow. Sh- no shrapnel glow. or anything like that. I'm not being nah. fucking stupid. Look, nah. centre parks, you need to have that post-apocalyptic dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've already got the wave machine. Yeah. This is one step up. The explosion I, machine. I assume those centre park domes are like how they make the Mandalorian. <laughs> they can change it to be anything they want. <laughs> Yeah, I completely get what you're saying. I want to be underwater when an explosion happens above me, above the water. I don't know the science. I don't know the science. There was one time I was near a pool and there was fireworks going off and I was like, I'm going to go under the pool. But while I enjoyed what I was experiencing, I also got the immediate, very human feeling of, I am missing fireworks and just had to, you know, know, I couldn't enjoy it. Whereas I feel like I'm, I'm being kept safe somewhat from this explosion at least i'll appear my lizard brain to be yeah again scientifically i don't know if being in water protects you from explosion i guess flame can't it's going to heat that water water. if that flame's licking the water it's going to be a bad time oh can that water get hot enough from explosion to do some damage to you you need to simulate it central we don't want to think about this stuff simulate it yeah reflect some light through some water it's enjoyable stuff oh we get the line of the movie here now yeah Nicolas Cage is like I'm trying my best and then Sean Connery's like you're best that's loser talk winners go home and fuck the prom queen so they do (laughs) and Nick's response there Carla was the prom queen so actually I do and then they both go and they put their (laughs) they make their hands look like big willies yeah Uh (laughs) A little moment, a little bit of oh, brevity. I quite like the dynamic between these two. Nicholas Cage's propensity to just, in the middle of sentences, start shouting, like, right now, I want to find some rockets! And things like that. It's great, but... He's all emotional and explosive, yet he's, like, kind of scared about, you know, getting into the throw of battle. And contrast that with Sean Connery, who just straight-up knife murders a guy. And he's like, ne- never hesitate, always kill. Never hesitate, yeah. just And the camera shot that kind of, like, is almost like attached to the knife. We get a bit of that. It's a really visceral shot of a man being knifed in the throat, like a knife thrown through his throat. We got a little bit of this in Face Off, and I guess yep. a little bit of this in RoboCop as well, or, or last episode. But mm-hmm. there's a couple of sequences here where the baddies are in such horrible pain for so long that it's like, yeah. ju- all right, lads. They, they set a guy on fire, and he's there for like two minutes as Nicolas Cage mm. slowly tries to cut this mine cart that he's trapped on. And the yeah. guy's like, <laughs> and he's like, uh, slowly. And he cuts this rope and the guy on fire falls with this mine cart down a cows. I'm like, and then like two minutes later, they do a whole thing where he's like, I, I can't pull the trigger. I can't take a life. Mate, you just did. So I hate to take it. I hate to yeah. break it to you. But the guy on fire with a minecart up his ass is not fucking coming back to fight another day. A lot of very, very visceral deaths here. So we've got knife through the throat. Then we get like a shootout near some rockets. The rocket! Not the rocket! He's shooting too close to the rocket. Like an air conditioning unit like lands on a guy's head. Lovely. And then the foot keeps moving. Because mm. we get Nick going like, you've been around a lot of corpses. Is that normal? Pointing at the moving foot. The feet thing? Yeah, the feet thing. And the way he's trying to explain, like, hey, I'm not used to smashing people's heads with air conditioning units. I drive a Volvo, a beige one. And that that's a good ex- explainer to be like, hey, I'm not this is not 
my usual right, days. He passed work the here. test because that is the standard issue car of all Beetle Maniacs. So, <laughs> all right, you're okay. <laughs> Not a Volkswagen Beetle, a beige Volvo. Yeah, if, if Ringo was out in his beige Volvo, he'd do a little, <laughs> you know, he'd give him the, the acknowledgement, the nod. He's like, yeah. Who's that in the tinted windows? Oh, it's probably one of the, yeah, yeah. So the way they're like disarming these missiles, right, as they're going around, I want to talk about the minecart thing a bit in a second, but like removing guidance chips from the missiles seems way too simple that there's just like this is not upgrading the ram on your macbook pro from 2008 you don't just pop it out and pop a new one in it's a bit simple for it to be giant green orbs as well what are these yeah, experience yeah, points you know. like yeah. i'll take out the chip i worried i'd rush to level up and that would be mm. my undoing here right yeah, yeah, yeah i'd think these things would be attracted to me automatically and that i would somehow <laughs> gain skills so if you if you literally if you take out this chip the rocket's just going to bloop into the water they launch and then they go bloop this really has a crystal maze vibe as you said before because they're brushing around like okay we've got like 12 left of these to do let's go and like get the guidance chip out and then we'll run through to the shower room and meet there I mean the minecart thing is wild it's very Indiana Jones we get like that horrible bit of the lad on fire being plunged into the water fun shootouts between minecarts yeah you know it's a fine balance when you set a guy on fire in an action mm. movie because you want to see when you want to see him preferably walk and go preferably as well fall out of something tall on fire but if you do it for too long i really don't want to think about the guy being on fire if you understand i want to see it yeah but i don't want to process this no and there's a little it's a little bit too long here this was so long i was thinking about tibetan monks all right Right, it was too long for me yeah (laughs) i was trying to escape yes this is an escapist thing nick shoots the fuck out of one of these marines and says you motherfucker die 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 really good at doing that and then is like talking to Sean Connery like how do you do it how do you kill people it's so because he's obviously like you know freaked out by it and of course Sean was trained by the best British intelligence but in retrospect I'd rather have been a poet or a farmer <laughs> whoa yeah, whoa whoa sure I'd meet your guidance counselor what fucking results <laughs> of your tests did you get to do that a secret agent or a farmer <laughs> or a poet um, did you take the test seriously? So, Marines now, right, they know that the things are being disarmed, so they're threatening the hostages that they took. You know, the, the lot who got trapped in the prison cells. We don't get much out of the hostages, to be fair. No, we're, you're no. dealing with Michael Bay, who I'm pretty sure is of the opinion, seeing the fact that you see the, the girlfriend, like, at the start and then at the end. Yeah. I think what you're going to have a lot in times of these Michael Bay movies is that once something's been established as being, like, their in danger mm. you're not going to come back to them and see them because none of the characters who are in danger you want to know anything about no no it's taken away from it they don't want to develop any characters they do mention it like once maybe yeah. that yeah, oh yeah. they're also all those hostages don't forget they don't feel like an active part of the game well they they, <laughs> they bring one of them out to threaten to be like look give us our guidance chips back or we'll kill these hostages. John Mason, Sean Connery, takes the decision out of the hands of Nicolas Cage by just stamping on those chips. And now, he, well, he's literally pissed all over his chips because he well, can't now... Well, you're going to have to go with Daddy now, Sean. Well, that's because yeah. you've stamped on them. So there that's are no it. chips anymore. The old fake surrender routine. Yeah, he walks right up to him. Walks right up to him like, I'm this guy. <laughs> they get put into prison, in prison, which is... Like, when they were doing a risk assessment for this do you think they're like one of the things is we could end up in prison like in this in this prison and we have to deal with that what if we get imprisoned in we get imprisoned 
in prison. It's fine for him. He's used to it. But Nicolas Cage hasn't been in prison before no, in, a, in, a, no, in, a, in no, this no. capacity. Oh, Nick gets bunged in prison as well because he gets caught by some of the naughty Marines while trying to defuse a rocket. Always trying to defuse a rocket. So, you know, true to form... Oh, Sean Connery Connors is pretty adept at escaping from prison. Mm-hmm. And while they're busy escaping from prison, the baddie's morale is pretty, pretty bad. Because it turns out Ed Harris is not thrilled to kill San Francisco. He's wearing a no. flower in his hair, Sam. I mean, John Mason, who once again, once he's broken out of prison, and, and Nick is like, how in the name of Zeus's butthole are you going to get out of your cell while he's saying that? John Mason's already got out of the cell. As they're, like, leaving, John Mason's off. He's like, that Hummel guy, he ain't gonna kill anyone. He's not a killer, okay? Stop going! But his fellow lads who want a million quid are like, mate, you're gonna have to order the launch because, uh... I want my million my million dollars. They're not giving us what we want, so order the launch, mate. And he's he's really hesitating. He's hesitating. And he doesn't he want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. Everyone else, though, is kind of like, you know pro-missile missile in the house you know they mm-hmm. launch the missile Ed chickens out at the last second so it goes and we've all been there before am I right you know when you release your penis and then unfortunately before it reaches it's, it, it, it fought, plunges it, into water and you have to uh, walk all the way the over of San Francisco get yeah. it and bring it back <laughs> we've, we've all been there lads <laughs> but Hummel is like did you just secretly put in the code to be like just put put it in the water Reroute it to water. Don't reroute to not San Francisco. Kill San Diego instead. I'm sure no one will mind. (laughs) Something I kind of enjoyed but didn't really follow was Nicolas Cage. When someone has a gun to the back of his head, he's saying, glass or plastic, glass or plastic. Because this guy who's got a gun to his head, Nicolas Cage is saying he'll either end up in a glass jar or a plastic bag. So I'm guessing body bag. What's the yeah? glass jar? Collect his fluids in a jar? Yeah, maybe. Is I that don't know. It? Just fucking John Mason, who's gone off for a bit. Again, uh, come again on. Again, comes back. Where does he go? When he's, like, he's on Alcatraz. Where, he's where literally are you going? just had like a, a walk around. Like he, he never goes for long enough that we're actually genuinely concerned. That he's Is this off. because like when you were filming, Sean Connery's like, "I'm going for a wee moshi," and he's gonna walk off, and they're like, "We know where he is. Just write him out again. Like he'll come back." later <laughs> like a dog <laughs> leave out his dish <laughs> he's back so they're gonna go in and they're gonna defuse these goddamn rockets the rocket that missed right that was heading towards a football game and i think maybe hummel has too much respect for the beautiful game to, i think uh, so as well other, yeah. other than that his other plan was to make it go right in the goal and score the biggest <laughs> fucking goal you've ever seen ah uh, there's your rocket league am i hey. right because it, because it you see so Meanwhile, the fucking government president, I think, is approving an airstrike. So they're cutting their losses. They've been like, look, in order... It's a, it's a classic trolley problem, which is, you know, appropriate for San Francisco. <laughs> the airstriking the trolley is never the answer, Sam. <laughs> Either have everyone in San Francisco die, or have some hostages and some baddies in Alcatraz die... We're going to have to airstrike Alcatraz, guys. We're going to have to airstrike Alcatraz. Think of the tourism! They've approved the airstrike, all right? They've killed Ed Harris as well. Eddie Baby's dead. Shoot him up. Oh, yeah, I mean... For being soft. The mercenary men who want their money, they kick off to him. He's saying it was a bluff, mission's over. They're like, nah, it wasn't. 
we're the mission now, mate. We're relieving you of your command. And then everyone gets shot to bits. There's a Mexican blap, standoff. Blap, bam, 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 bam. So you just left with the baddies who were kind of really only in the background. You don't really know anything about them, which is a bit of a failing of the mad dash for last act here of the movie, where the main threats are guys who are like, oh, it's the guy who like was like, I can't wait to have a million dollars. Like him. Yeah. But I think it's a good decision because like, as we see Hummel, Ed Harris dying, good speed, Nick Cage just like dragged him off and Hummel tells him here's where the last rocket is so he does a good thing in his last breath and we see that this guy who had complicated motivations and was just trying to get some families properly compensated he dies he's no longer big bad and we now have some more generic bastards to deal with i was worried at the start like i'm not sure i want ed harris to be the guy that they kill at the end and celebrate because his motivations were a bit more yeah, yeah, complicated whereas now We've just got some lads who are like, nah, we want to blow up San Francisco and shoot people and make money. Like, okay, I'm happy for those jerks to die. That's Must destroy fine. San Francisco. Need yeah. million dollars. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the last kind of uh, mega chunky action scene we had here mm-hmm. where you've got Connery and Nick Cage going about their separate ways to try and off the baddies. I yeah. do have some issue with the guy who's attacking Sean Connery and then goes, English prick, my old man was Irish. Now, yeah. Um, whoa, now. Well, hang yeah, on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hang on a second. Mm. I don't think any Irish person is going to be grabbing a Scotsman and saying, you English prick. Are you saying to me that all Irish Americans are this ignorant? You tell me Diamond Joe Biden's going to grab someone and be like, you English prick. I don't think so. But I was really disappointed because that bit of like, Sean getting beaten up, someone calling him an English prick. I thought, okay, he won't like that. And there's going to be a bit where it goes, I'm Scottish, and, you know, kills this guy. He does kill the guy. He wraps a chain around his neck, and it gets caught up in a mechanism thing and, you know, completely fucking destroys it. He doesn't, he doesn't get to be like, I'm not English. So I guess it's just, like, a guy calling him English and being wrong, and that's it. I, I thought that was going to be a big moment where he gets to proudly be Scottish and fuck uh, someone up. Any Irish Americans listening, all right? Yeah. You're kind of playing into the English hands when you go after the Scottish. So just bear that in mind, all right? I'm not trying to coordinate here. I'm just giving you sensible <laughs> advice. Sensible advice that'll make us all seem sensible in the long run. Yes. On the other side of the coin, we've got Nicolas Cage asking one of these Marines who is confronting him if he likes the Elton John song Rocket Man, the one he was shagging to earlier. And that guy's like, I don't like that soft ass shit. You don't like and- Amaretto Pete Sorbet? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and Nicolas Cage saying, Oh, I only bring it up because it's you. You're the Rocket Man. And then launches a rocket into a guy's chest. Way! Uh, and he then. Not only has he been rocketed in the chest, he falls down and gets impaled on a spike. Beautiful way to go. Oh, like whammy. The baddie who is uh, the last mercenary alive, he ends up being eaten poison. That was great oh, times. Mate, no, come on. Like, new main bad bastard baddie in a brawl with Nick Cage, getting the death marble shoved in his gob. Like, like it's a gobstopper. And it does stop it his does. gob. It, it stops does. all of him. That's such good action. Like, putting bright green death marble in his mouth, punching him in the face, the thing exploding. Eat that, you fuck, is the line. And I just uh, love the idea as well of, like, British politicians oh. in 2003 seeing that and being worried about the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
and Nick has time. He has 20 seconds to get the big injection into himself to save. He plunges it into his heart. And then he remembers. Green smoke! Yeah, green, if it do the green flares, the boys, the brave boys will know. He's borderline spiritual here when he's doing his green flares. He's like, oh, I never want to leave the fighter fest! Yeah, the slow motion dropping to his knees, waving around. Right as the airstrike is coming towards them, the mission gets aborted, but not before one of the bombs is actually dropped on the prison. And it looks like a big fucking explosion that, you know, turns out the hostages are fine, but you don't really know that. But Michael Bay actually destroyed the real-life Alcatraz. To get this shot and you yeah. know it was a, a bit of arm twisting had to go on for that to happen sam i describe that as like method directing you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes yeah? uh <laughs> so, the mission's been avoided like a big fucking explosion ah nick's knocked into the water but sean dives in saves him and some lovely flute music plays Ooh. in the background don't you the let go <laughs> <laughs> Very, it was really Titanic, very, wasn't it? Like, yeah, like yeah. Titanic. Also, like, like any time Sam and, and Frodo are like, mm-hmm. in Lord of the Rings, all their moments. And the nicest thing in the world anyone can ever do, a total solid, is pretend that you're vaporized if that's what they really yeah. want. He can really help someone out. They want when to he to, pretends you know. that he's dead. <laughs> when he pretends <laughs> that he's dead. As a nice treat. He's nice like, treat. Nice gesture. Yeah, he got vaporized. He is vapor now. Can't rest vapor, mate. That would be pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And look, Sean already knew that the pardon... So part of the deal, right, was that he'd be pardoned and he'd get to go home and live his normal life. That was all FBI bullshit. They tore up that pardon as soon as he signed it. And Nick knew that, and he was keeping that in his back pocket. But Sean had already guessed that. He knew he wasn't going to go home. And he rewarded him with all the DLC, all the secret missions that no one's meant to know about. After the credits of the game you get the bit where you go to kansas i do like the idea of nervous wreck and chemical freak nicholas cage's uh mr goodspeed knowing all these secrets and having to keep them to himself for the rest of life i know kill jfk ah! <laughs> yeah the way of the roswell conspiracy is destroying me <laughs> but the end of the film being like hey honey do you want to know who killed jfk as they drive away in a beige volvo sean connery who knows where he's gone but he's off he's fr- he's a free man now he can live his life on the run as an extraordinary gentleman on his own terms yes i mean what a look what a fucking hoot and a holler that was what a silly bit of stupid fun i'll tell you what you know what in this time day and age you may mm-hmm. not realize it at home but you may want to rock rock dent to the den dent to the you want the rock rock what a fucking time and a half this movie is yeah, yeah. Oh, easy peasy and it's like they tailor made it so that we zoomed in on any moments in a movie like this that would usually make you kind of go oh i'm feeling a bit stupid now or i'm feeling a bit like this is too complicated or too dumb or that it's a bit boring or that it's too explode it fucking weaves in sean connery and nick cage these two fucking weirdos into the most <laughs> generic action movie experience uh, that is just fucking full of vitality because of it it's so yeah. good it's pitched right down the middle and easy 
easy catch. We've got it. We know what's happening. But like heaps of fun. Always something going on. It looks great. The performances are exactly like as exaggerated and silly as you want them to be. Yeah. Never quite too much, but enough that like, hey, this is funny. This is wacky. This is wild. They actually hold back on on both Nick Cage and Connery more than you'd think. It's not a, Mm -hmm. surprisingly, not a dialogue intense movie. Who'd have thought? It's not like Face Off where like Nick Cage fucking goes for it. He does, but... Different end of the stick here in this one. Contained a bit. And Sean Connery is like, like you were saying before, that point in Sean Connery's career where he's old man Sean Connery for like such a long yeah, time. Yeah, for a long time. But he's good at it. He was very good at that role. Yeah, I mean, as Michael Bay films go, I imagine I've seen one of the good ones here. And a lot of people, a lot of younger folk particularly, really begrudge Michael Bay because I think there's mm. a generation of people who kind of got put off certain styles of movies or became yeah. kind of very heated in one way or another amongst the folks who liked and didn't like those movies. Yeah. And all I'll say for Michael Bay is this movie, I think, when I watched this recently, it kind of like shrugged off a lot of the things I didn't like about it. I'm like, I I understand why he's a problem for a lot of people in 2020 as a filmmaker. Mm. But like, you see this movie and then you're like, well, he's here because of this, isn't it? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. You don't get much more fucking solid pedigree of action genre than this. Yeah. And I, I think the thing I keep coming back to is the idea that that's like a, an easy movie to watch. And that doesn't necessarily sound like a compliment. And it's not always what you want. But... At the moment, oh yeah, I just want to just shove this film into my mouth and get punched in the face, and then all the green goop comes out. <laughs> <laughs> my metaphors got mixed there, but it's yummy, yummy stuff. Great fun. Look, the, the the look of it. The music is perfect to the point where you don't really need to talk about it. Like it just, it is what you expect. It's pretty for much that Pirates of the Caribbean bit. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah. It's pretty much like you're in the queue for a roller coaster that's got a slight post-apocalyptic theme to it. Yeah, yeah. There's the Crystal Maisie vibe. Like everything that happens in this film, everything that's done from a technical point of view is in service of you're going to have a good time and watch a fun action movie. There's nothing that sets it apart that much. Would you come back and watch it again? Because honestly, I'm not sure about me if I hadn't to do the movie for this, Mm. if I would have come back to it as soon as I have. I feel like it's one of those ones that like, if it's on, pop it on, have it on. You can just nip back and enjoy bits of it. This is a fall asleep with a sandwich of Christmas movie, folks, is what we're trying to say here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at the moment, that's what I want. Delicious. Lovely. Have you any reservations or any criticisms of the movie that are so severe they would appear in a in a red negatives column yeah well like okay so female characters there's two and all all they're there for is to give some stakes and some jeopardy to the two main characters that's it that's it that's all there is and that's all they talk about they're barely even that (laughs) and yeah and they're, they're hardly in it and you know there's that and that sucks, you know, maybe something more interesting could have happened there. I don't want to completely write it off as like, well, it's a 90s action film, what do you expect? But, you know... It's- You've gotten a little bit more than that in other movies, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. Of the, of the same time, but, you know... Other than that, there's not anything super egregious to me. It's aged fairly well, other than yeah. probably the casting, you know. I think other than that, it's it's aged really it well. It still looks sucks. good. The effects are still good. Yeah, it doesn't look hokey at any point. No, I mean, no. I watched it on a high-definition copy. It holds up in high-def, which we can't say of Very films. often doesn't happen on this show. Mm, things in high-def, yeah. they look fucking horrible. So, well, with that being said, I think I know what it's going to be, but uh, your yeah. Star Wipe rating for The Rock. 
Kevin, that was a hoot and a holler. A good time. <gasps> really enjoyed it. It's what mm. I needed. Four star wipes. Thank you very much. God bless. Good night. You heard it here first. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and hey, I also did the music. If you're after more Swirl content or you want to support the show, or better yet, both, patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl is the place to go. On the socials, we are at cinemaswirl on Twitter, and our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl, which is also where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got anything for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends, leaving reviews on whatever podcast thing you use. It all helps us out. Thank you so much. All right. See you next time.